Hello, this is episode 383 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha O'Reilly. I'm recording this pretty sick still. I'm actually sucking on a strap still to try and record it. But I think it's important to show up in vulnerability. I think this is a really good wrap-up to how I'm feeling right now. I haven't managed to not go through this yet. I keep extending it, so it's 12 months now since I went through this sort of sense of integration in my body of all I've been working with. Maybe by next year I will record a podcast and tell you how to not go through this. But I do remember recording a podcast when I went through it at a seven-month interval and saying that it's a small price to pay. I do remember using those words, and I, I do feel the same in that way. So it's, it's often interesting how my immediate world reflects so much of how I'm feeling about the outer world. And I think, like, it's interesting. I, I've been reminded of a few things recently. I've been reminded again of how strong my internal world was and how when I wrote the first book, it was all about the fact that when I went into the outer world, particularly school initially, nothing met that or matched that. And that was when the challenges began. And there was still an incredible strength within me. And, you know, recently I've been reminded that my seven-year-old self was an awful lot stronger than myself now I feel 40 years on. And the reason for that is it's not that that has changed What's changed is that I, I had a, you have a view of yourself and my, my view of myself when I was seven, even when I was being terrorized by a teacher in school, and every time I go through these loops, I end up with this injury in my back where at six, she used to thump me so hard it sounded like she was thumping on a basketball. And that's interestingly the place where this always begins in my body. Then there was this really pivotal point when I was seven, when I was completely illiterate in the class, I couldn't read or write at all, and one person was willing to help me, and she put me on a table on my own um, with about two metres distance to everybody. Well, that's what it felt like as a small child, like it was like being put on an island so that no one could engage with me or support me or help me. And... You know, the real irony is that the person married one of my relations, one of my distant relations, and I ended up interviewing her daughter years later, who also was dyslexic, and that teacher ended up becoming everything she needed to be to support her own daughter, even though she couldn't support me at seven. But... The things that have broken me over the years are, particularly over the last 15, I was reflecting again on this, the the pain I went through and in feeling it again 
with other people was was that it was being still done to them when I started my own school. And meeting people who were four, five, and six, and seven, and realizing how small they were, and how vulnerable they were, and just how tiny they were. And it didn't match my image in my head of myself. And the fact that it was still being carried forward and still being done to them, that's what really messed with my head. And that level of of seeing that in others and the impacts of it on them and the way that they were crushed. I suppose um, I'm surrounded by colouring on my desk because that's one of the only things I felt capable of doing in the last week. One of the other things I always find myself doing at times when I'm vulnerable is going back to reading Fanny Fly books. That was who got me through my, my 20s. But later, when I had, I suppose, um, that, that wasn't enough, <laughs> basically. I kind of, I, I, I outgrew it. And I enjoy going back to it now, still, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't resonate anymore in the way that it did in my 20s. And I began to find the, that, that inward voice and that strength I began to hear that in black voices, especially the voices of black women. That was what what spoke to me. To sort of counteract how I was feeling in the in the brokenness of of the pain that still existed in in other people. And that's taken me on a whole journey. And it, it's an interesting journey because I I began to, to realise when I started to really speak about it then that the next problem was there's something else that, that Alice Walker in particular has really kind of translated for me almost this sense that people can't heal, can't hear you. They, they hear you from a different place when they're healed. And the reaction to her work and her, her journey in understanding that for herself and that, that has really, really helped me, especially as I began to write and began to put out more work that was challenging to people and the place that they received it from that, that wasn't healed. And I, I know for myself that a big part of this integration I go through in myself is, is that, that lack of receiving of my work from other people and, and what they do with it. That, that is part of the, this process that, that I go through. And even like I, I sent a message many months ago um, to someone about what was taking place in the world. I think it's, it's a very difficult time to be, to be Jewish this, this week. It's a very big festival for people. Whatever your feelings on, on right or wrong at the moment, it's a time where you have memories, you expect certain family members to be present, you expect to be going through certain traditions. Those traditions are now go through, going through in fear because all we have built is anti-Semitism. And it's a very difficult time. It's a very poignant time. And I had a message back because my message wasn't, wasn't, wasn't received, wasn't read, wasn't opened, and it wasn't received on, until yesterday. 
and it was a very, very beautiful response. It was a very beautiful response in the full seeing of me. So that's what I mean. There's, there's, uh, those moments really matter, and I'm not surprised that that hasn't happened until now, till we have both gone through a lot. This journey took me to a space, and I felt incredibly failed by this space over the last three years. It's been a very interesting journey. I don't like to to speak from that place or to react from that place or to to make it about myself. And so I've I've been grappling with all of that. But I I ended up in this space basically to have the the solace that I have from from black voices and black writers. To that, that speak to parts of me that that seven-year-old part of me that that wasn't broken and was resilient and and interestingly it's a black voice again that has reminded me of that place and um, I've been I'll put a link in the description to a book that I've been listening to I, I think it's really worth as an audiobook experience and it's by um, Gina Breadlove I hope I've read that right and She's reminded me of two things, actually. She's reminded me of that seven-year-old um, strength that I had to to survive and to negotiate, which I always I do go back to, even in the moments when things are vulnerable, when I have the the almost panic attacks in reaction to to other people's pain. The memories of what I've gone through myself and in the humiliation and the vulnerability. I go back to that core that I've been building in other people. But then I had it seven and I knew I had. And which is why I was able to achieve everything. And all the people I support and I work with aren't able to achieve it without being seen and with being out being helped. I was given something so precious by my parents to have that. And then I was also reminded of the second part, which is that there's also a really big importance to have a knowing and an external outside of yourself, like whatever you want to, to, to call it. For me, it's the cosmos. But to have something that speaks to you and a deep knowing outside of yourself, especially in a world where, as I said, that knowing, that outward world never matched. And so when I, when I gravitated to, to that solace, to, like, it has only ever been black voices that have spoken to the deepest parts of myself that nothing else has spoken to. And I found myself on a chessboard in a polarized space of black and white squares and it was devastating because it was the first time that I went somewhere to identify with the things that were the deepest parts of myself. It was the first time I wanted to belong in something outward, outside of myself, that I, want, that I, that I expected to find a home out there. And I didn't find a home because it's, it's as, as Alice Walker has, has taught me, it wasn't a hill space, and I wasn't being received or heard from that place. 
and you know there's a whole journey of going on acceptance and that and I suppose what I have done over the last three years is to to step back and to see the the privileges in being vulnerable in in being able to be um emotional to allow everything to pour through me to to still find that safety within myself that there are in the same way as there are such benefits for me to see all the people that I work with and for them to feel seen there are massive benefits to hold black vulnerability and especially the need to do that as a white person but there has also been a part of me for me personally that I have really struggled with because I haven't felt like I belonged in the white square and it's kind of it's, it's complicated because like I don't have a problem with being white I don't have a problem with 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 being Irish with being my identity I don't have a problem with speaking about the the positives of that and also the negatives that I've experienced in this country so it's kind of like you know why do I have such an aversion to being over here in this square why do I have such a problem with it and Something happened during the week that just like so pushed me over the edge, so pushed me to a point of pain again. Basically, something took place in front of me in, from a black voice that I really resonated with, that created that that feeling in my body of those that pain and suffering that I worked with with so many, that vulnerability and lack of safety and lack of being cared for and you know all I see that happens in 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 small children and and what was being done to me at seven and uh like I I was I was sick I was vulnerable It, it really impacted me and it was like okay that's fine I feel really emotional here and this is really hurting and I'll go back to the world stage of that in a minute, like wh- where I see see that in a broader sense at the moment. And then what happened was, um, what always happens is the people who are made up of, you know, multiple squares, they, you know, don't, don't nicely go in one square or the other, they, they disown the white square because, you know, that's what's, what's caused the pain and the trauma. And so it's like, okay. And then... The next thing that happened was I, I sort of looked around the room and I saw that many of the other white people present weren't rocking in a corner like I was. They, 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 were, they, were, they were sitting there smiling. They were completely unimpacted by it. And I left and I, I felt always the emotion of what I was experiencing, what that person was experiencing, what all the people I've worked with in the last year that are really fresh in my mind have, have experienced. All those little people I've met over the years that, that seems so small to me and so vulnerable. And I felt really angry. I was like, I really don't belong over there on that, that white square. If you can't feel any of this, if you aren't taking all of this through your body, if this hasn't been your experience, if you haven't ever felt this fucking vulnerable and haven't ever hurt this much and ever, you know, and the times where, you know, 
I've reached out for for help from people and not got it and it's been such a big deal for me to ask for help because of that that moment in my childhood where I was told not to ask for help like there was so many deep psychological things to that like it was it was ironic because I was already a very independent person anyway and I I didn't tell my folks I was going through any of this because I, I somehow thought it were they were my battles to fight and I had the strength from them to go out and fight them but they obviously feel really bad because they knew that there was something wrong but they didn't know what it was and if they had known what it was they probably would have gone up to school and like kill somebody um, you know and it's really difficult to explain to them that it, it felt like mine to conquer. So having gone through all of that, what, what I realized when I finally, the pain had gone through, the memories, everyone else's stuff, all those senses of responsibility, all the times I've asked for help and not being met over in the black squares because, you know, I, I can't ever belong over there. Like, I'm quite, I'm quite pragmatic and reasonable about that. Like, I don't have the same heritage I don't have the same ancestral trauma I it's not the same journey it just speaks to everything in me it's not the same journey it resonates and I've, I've said since the beginning you know that my race separates me from everything that resonates to me but when I got through the anger I realized that you know obviously it's a very unique place to be obviously there are not that many white people in the world truly feeling the pain and the vulnerability that is created in other races and that I, I need to do something constructive with this which is why I'm recording all of this and you know if we want a complete depiction of an act out of trauma that is not being healed at the moment it's what's taking place in Kazu there is a, a horrendous trauma endured by Jewish people and it's it's some of it's direct and some of it's indirect there's guilt in that for the people who survived there's guilt for the people who had the privilege of escaping there's there's so much in there and everything that is taking place on our world stage right now in every way is people having either not experienced that level of pain and being willing to inflict it on others, having so much face to save, like in terms of world politics. There are a couple of key colonial white supremacist powers here who have never felt. They haven't ever been outside of their own square in, in any way. They, they've never taken this all through their body and taken other people's experiences through their body. They've, they haven't wrestled since they were a young child with the system and what's expected of them and what happens when you can't do the white thing in school. Or if they have gone through that, they replace it with power and money. Like most people, in order to get over literacy challenges, do so by gaining 
a position of power and wealth are having this, this chasm that they fill inside. But at no point are they really feeling that. And so for me, like, it, it really quantifies to me in, like, in a, in, a, in a really big integrated experience why I can't do the black and white chessboards and why we can't do them in the world. And having that level of bullying, pain, horror, suffering acted out on, on our stage is bringing people to a really, really difficult place. And I'm, I'm, I'm worried about it because we're going into a, a moment of stillness in terms of, of the, the energy of the planets at the moment. That is combined with a time of everyone's memories and traditions for the different religious faiths and the expectation of, of family, the huge loss of family, the huge loss of people from our lives in all sorts of different ways, even on the, 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 after the pandemic, the levels of grief there. Without, without the wars. And we have such violence being acted out. Like we've seen moments of it this week, like we've seen it take place on a football pitch. And so like there's this awful cocktail taking place. And somewhere in all of that, if, if people could simply actually step off their own squares and, and really feel and that I, I couldn't look around a room and see people still smiling at the end of something, if it had really gone through them, if they had been really present, and it had, they had had the same experiences, and they had met other very vulnerable people with all sorts of experiences, and really taken those through, the world would be so different. We couldn't possibly act out what we're acting out right now. It couldn't take place. And so I've reached a kind of uh, an acceptance in, in not being able to do the black and white boards, knowing where I don't want to belong in certain places, in being very grateful, in being very grateful for that book, for it reminding me of what I was truly like at seven, not what everyone has conjected onto me. I had a great deal of strength then and resilience and courage. I'm grateful for being reminded of the importance of staying in alignment with my own truth and that, that greater voice outside of myself in a world that I, I, I don't fit in and I've never fitted in but I suppose as I have matured, what I have realized is I don't want to fit in it. Like the belonging in it comes at too great a cost. And so I'm happy not to belong on that white square. I'm happy to, to levitate somewhere else if it means that I'm, I'm feeling something and I can take that forward to others. And we can stop acting out this level of pain. 
and also to realize the importance of having stepped back and realizing the acceptance that maybe a space is not your space in that way and the importance of you showing up and actually holding other people's vulnerability even when it hurts, even when you don't feel seen, when you don't feel like there's a place for you, when there's continual failure to see you in the same way as there's failure to see all of the students I work with. But for you to be able to to rise above all of that and to see the the benefits in just showing up for other people and showing up for their vulnerability. So yes, it's it's been a big journey. It's by nowhere complete. Well maybe I, I see maybe what I have to to offer the world.